The following podcast is a Simpronto Media production. She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And we have Dr. Scott Richmond. He's a biotoxin illness health coach. And so we're so excited to have him. Welcome, Dr. Scott. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you on this journey. Absolutely. Thank you for having me today. Um, you know, I, I've been a chiropractor since 2005. Um, so that's where my, my health career started. But unfortunately, in 2007 and 2008, I started getting very sick uh, around the time that my first daughter was born. And what I discovered was is that I had been living in a home with toxic mold. And that really you know, started this journey over the last uh, you know, decade plus and discovering what you know, the, the processes that it's gonna take to help me get well and the role um, that I discovered, you know, many years uh, into the journey of, of parasites. So that's, I know we're going to talk a lot about that today. Uh, but, you know, so I, like I said, I went through chiropractic school. I was in active practice and then I got very ill. I found myself not being able to practice. Um, I was in the hospital multiple times and went through hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, traveling throughout the country, multiple practitioners to really get the solutions. And then about Six, seven years ago, um, I you know, was working with our clients in the office and many of them would have different health challenges. And so we you know, would put together programs and protocols for them. And then I fully made uh, the jump into, I, I coach clients around the world uh, virtually. So I'm not uh, in a brick and mortar practice anymore, uh, which is awesome because I- Yeah, I literally especially a, now, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and who, who knew that this was gonna all happen, but uh, you know, it hasn't changed, uh, you know, my role and what I do working with our clients around the world. So that's, that's been an awesome thing during this challenging time. And so that's, that's really, you know, how I got to where we're at today and, and helping other people really discover the missing pieces, uh, that they, they've just been challenged to put, put them all together. Uh, we kind of get focused on maybe one area or the other, but what I've found through my own, my own journey is we really got to look at all of them and how they marry up together and how do we address them appropriately. Mm. Okay. So I want to talk, we're going to jump into parasites in just a minute, but before we do, I want to talk about mold um, because I think that, can you talk about the connection between mold and hypothyroidism and kind of heavy metal toxicity, like what, you know, how that can really kind of do a fast downward spiral of disease there. Absolutely. So what exactly, let's say, and I know for me personally, I had a stool sample done and they were looking at it and they said that one of my big thing is, is I had mold in my gut. So what exactly does that mean? And how do you fix it? Like, how, how do you get it? And yeah. then how do you fix it? I mean, you just summarized my entire journey, actually. Uh, and what I discover and what I would tell any mold client is that it's never just mold. Um, I had been dealing with, you know, what I have, you know, it took me quite some time to really put the pieces together that I was dealing with underlying chronic viral infections. And what I believe the, the first biggest insult is this chemical toxicity before we were even born. And the main thing would be heavy metals. 
And so going through childhood and, and, you know, starting to have some, some symptoms pop up, uh, really struggling with recover. I was super uh, active in sports and things like that, but my recovery just wasn't what I thought it should be, especially being young. Um, but then, you know, when I, when I started uh, living in the home that we had bought, it was an older home and that was my main source of mold. So definitely our homes, I mean, it's, it's well over 50%, if not 75% of American homes and even buildings, workplaces that are dealing with, you know, mold issues, water damaged buildings. I mean, it, we want to talk about a pandemic. Um, I feel like the, the mold issues that we deal with uh, around, literally around the world, but, you know, right here in, you know, in the United States is a, a really big problem. So that was my main source, but man, we can get, you know, mold uh, exposure from even just our foods, right? So a lot of the grains, um, so I, I'm in Iowa, uh, so we, we, we feed the world and a ton of grains, but the problem is, is that if, you know, the, they're not dried very quickly, they get moldy. Uh, so mm -hmm. food sources is another big one that maybe not all the time are we thinking about, like what's going in our mouth? Well, as we eat, you mentioned, you know, getting mold down into the gut. But what I feel the biggest thing, you know, first takeaway with mold or mold illness would be is having this terrain that has been interfered with. And that's where the heavy metals come in, really weakening our immune system. Uh, along comes the, you know, with uh, heavy metals would be parasites. Uh, so we'll get into that, but weakening the immune system. So then we can't naturally be able to deal with these allergens. But for some people like myself, we are more genetically susceptible to not being able to deal with mold and the mycotoxins that they produce. And that's roughly about a quarter of the population. And so, you know, there's a difference between having the allergy and, a, and true mold illness. But what I discovered is, is that my terrain just was not optimal. And then the final straw was living in a home that was extremely toxic uh, with mold. And it took me quite a you know, probably about four to five months to really put that piece together. Um, but I didn't have to do any special testing. Uh, we had water damage, you know, down in the, in the basement and wherever there's water, there's potential for mold. And it was really cold that winter. So the house wasn't breathing, which is another issue of why we're seeing so many buildings, uh, with, with mold issues, you know, in this country. But that's where the terrain uh, really comes into play, I believe, and why I say it's never just the mold. Hey guys, I wanted to tell you I'm offering a free weight loss virtual Bible study. Now is the perfect time to focus on understanding true hunger and fullness and learn what the Bible has to say about it. All you have to do is go to ChantelRayWay.com slash Bible study. After you sign up, you'll receive a six week Bible study video that you can watch on your own or you can get a small group of people and do it together. That's ChantelRayWay.com slash Bible study for your free six week Bible study course. Well, you know, it's funny because there's a children's, it's a book about children and it's in the book is called The Orchid the orchid and the dandelion. And he is a writer who said over the years, he began to liken two different kinds of children, kind of like two different kinds of flowers that some are dandelions and some are orchids. Like 
a orchid is more sensitive and they are more reactive. And then a dandelion, they just like flourish. I mean, it could be any kind of weather and they're growing everywhere. And so I always kind of joke, I say, I'm an orchid. (laughs) (laughs) I am very much an orchid myself. (laughs) And what's funny is here, but if you come to my office or come to my house, I have orchids everywhere. And so I'm like, See, I am an orchid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is, I mean, what, what I feel makes mold and mold illness so complex is you can take, you know, 100 people into the same environment and have literally 100 different patterns of symptomatology. And that, you know, so talking about sensitivity, you know, my, um, I was, you know, hospitalized from it. My daughter had uh, a mold cough. Um, as an infant, she also within one week of being born had a systemic rash and her mom really didn't have any symptoms. So we have three different individuals living in the exact same environment with different outcome. So that was, that's what we went through in, you know, so end of 2007 and, and early 2008. Let's get right to, cause I don't like to tell people the problem without coming up with the cure. So Absolutely. let's give them some really practical ways to how to heal their gut from toxic mold illness. What are some really practical things they can do? Yeah. First off, uh, you know, we definitely want to be um, binding up the toxins because the real issue, whether it's parasites, heavy metals, mold is inflammation. So a lot of gut inflammation happens. Mold is using heavy metals, especially mercury to kind of protect itself. And so we, we've got to really address those two big issues is clear out the other toxins that are being used to protect the mold, but then also use the, the antimicrobial effects, especially in the gut. So I use, um, you know, various types of fasting. Uh, I love bone broth fasting so that we uh, can get some minerals, we can get some nutrients, but also helping to starve down, reducing the sugar intake. Uh, just from a lifestyle standpoint, that's, you know, a lot of people can do that. Uh, the next thing would be an extremely important is the binding aspect. So we use some very specific bioactive carbons to make sure that we're systemically binding the toxins, especially ammonia, that other pathogens and also especially the molds are giving off so that we're not, you know, reabsorbing them uh, throughout our body. So that works in the gut, but it also works systemically. And even for myself and many others, their brain is being affected because we, you know, we have this brain uh, and, and gut connection. And so a lot of times we'll see those symptoms uh, with brain fog, headaches, things like that, light sensitivity. So binding is excru- you know, extremely important along with proper liver function. So drainage. So I don't like to jump right into, you know, just throw a whole bunch of antimicrobials at any type of infection. We want to make sure that drainage pathways are open. So we've got, you know, your, uh, your liver, your gallbladder, your lymphatics, the kidneys, so that we're able to flush things out. And then we're also able to bind while we're starting to, to use the antimicrobials for what they're designed for, which is to knock that um, infection down. So those are, you know, the techniques that I would begin with. Um, One of the other things that's, you know, fairly new that has been extremely important and so much easier to use now than what I've done in therapies in the past using ozone is we actually use a a liquid uh, stabilized biomolecular oxygen. The one thing is, is that mold does not, it's anaerobic. It doesn't like oxygen. 
And so it's really been uh, good to pair that with any other antimicrobial that somebody may be using for mold, fungal infections, things like that. Pairing that with you know, re-oxygenating the, the tissues, the gut, uh, and, and really helping to drive down that inflammatory response. Those are probably the, the three big things of, uh, that I think anybody really can do to, to begin with. I mm, love it. Well, let's talk about eating a low mold diet. Cause so for me, I know that I need to really limit some foods for me that have high mold. And so mm-hmm. there's certain things like for me, I don't drink alcohol at all. Yeah. Um, because for me, I just, I don't feel good when I do it. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, why don't you drink? I'm like, I've, I've actually never been a big drinker. I'm yeah. just never been maybe my, my first year of college or something. <laughs> I was besides that. I really have never been a big drinker. And so things like corn or wheat or sugar or soy yeah. or alcohol or peanuts, like yeah. those are the kind of foods that I just have to literally just say, you know, no, thank you. Cause I know that I just, my body doesn't, doesn't do well when I eat them. Can you talk about kind of what foods are antifungal and what you recommend eating tons of and what you recommend limiting as much as possible if you have some mold issues? Yeah. I mean, so we often will use a lot of steamed veggies, especially if we modify even some fasting techniques. Um, for those that are maybe a little bit more challenging sensitive. So lots of cruciferous vegetables, um, garlics, things like that. Um, also, even using medicinal mushroom um, complexes that are, you know, becoming much more widely available and, and really good to use. You you think, oh, well, I shouldn't eat mushrooms because it's it's a fungus. Right. But the reality is, and I, and I verified this um, with a, a very well-known formulator that you know, they're, they're going to have the antimicrobial, antifungal properties. So getting those mushrooms in are, are going to be really good from a systemic approach, but also some of them are, you know, really going to be supportive of brain health, which I like because many mold clients um, suffer from a lot of issues with brain inflammation, which also leads uh, to liver and bile duct and lymphatic flow issues. So we want to really support all of those things. Um, staying away from dried fruits uh, making sure that if you are a coffee drinker, that you are you using a product um, that that has been tested. Um, and but if you're you know if you're early on, I would avoid 100% exactly like what you're saying is I just I'm not going to go there. But you, I, I believe that there are definitely some things that aren't a forever thing, um, and and uh, you know everybody's going to maybe do a little bit better. Um, than others with certain foods like that. And, and you do, you'll know, find those things out, uh, you know, through the journey, but at the very beginning, I would cut all of those things that you mentioned out for sure. 100%. Um, that's always the rule. So that's the food sources that are highly, you know, uh, suspicious of mold. And then also making sure that you're not living or working in mold or driving around in your car that has mold in it too, because the number one thing for recovery is remove the source. Mm. So let's talk about that. Cause it's funny. Cause I, um, it's not as easy to find people who are really qualified to check for mold in yeah. your house. Yeah. So what, is there any companies that you suggest that do a good job or websites you can find people or what, and what are tests? Like this one guy came to our office cause we had him check for mold. And I was like, 
he just did some wackadoodle thing. And I don't know if it was, you know, real or not. So what are you looking for when these people... You know, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, that, and that's a very good question. And after over a decade, there's, it's really hard to come by a great answer because there are so many companies out there that they, they will sell a process or something that's proprietary. Um, you don't really necessarily know all of what they're doing. Does it work? Does it not? Um, are they taking some drastic measures that actually could even be more detrimental in the long run? Um, so really paying attention to that. I, I recommend um, a really easy book um, is called Mold Money. It walks through some very simple things and what to look for and, and some legal aspects of remediation because it is a major, major problem. And I think it really starts with the fact that the EPA just hasn't set standards for what a clean living environment really is and what it should look like, but it's also because it's a moving target. You know, you, you have, you know, maybe more or less susceptibility than, than I do. And then most people, even though they shouldn't be living in mold, they may not, you know, react the way we were talking about at the beginning. And so I think that's why it is a moving target and hard to find companies that really get it. But a couple of things is, is making sure that all work is done under uh, negative pressure so that nothing is getting disturbed and spread throughout any uh, of the, the work or the, the house, uh, the workplace, uh, making sure that the dust and things like that are controlled because mold is going to be carried on that dust and it can get anywhere. So you want to make sure that they're containing that. Um, I wouldn't uh, be using any types of harsh chemicals and, and stuff like that. Um, I, you know, he talks about even literally soap and water. If you see areas of say drywall that have been water damaged, you cut it out. Anything that has been water, you know, saturated, if it's not dried within 24 hours, I would absolutely remove that. Those are about the simplest things you can do. Uh, and then if it, you know, you can control the air too with things like air scrubbers or, um, you know, much more uh, higher quality HEPA filters that they have. Uh, a lot of these companies will use that. But, uh, you know, if they're talking about using harsh chemicals, antimicrobials, things like that, I would be a little skeptical and ask more questions for sure. All right. So let's talk about parasites. What would yeah. you say is if you see different patients all the time, what is the top three most common parasites and what are you doing to treat them? Yeah. Um, so roundworms, uh, I, flukes, that's a, a big one. Um, I, I got a little bit more down the fluke road uh, because we discovered with my wife, she was really sensitive to things that would support her liver, which we, I mean, we have to do because that's how we're going to, you know, really clear out a lot of the toxic load, heavy metals and things like that. And what we discovered is she was dealing with liver flukes. 
um, for myself personally, hookworm. And then um, another really big one that seems to play a, a big factor that maybe, you know, not everybody has heard about is strongaloides. And for myself, what I discovered with strongaloides is how it's affecting uh, lungs and also the sinuses. And after I got out of the mold, and a lot of times we're dealing with uh, sinus issues, many people have maybe heard about Marcons. There is you know, testing that you can do for Marcons, which is a resistant infection. But I feel like strongaloides may have been a bigger factor, especially if you know that you've already gotten out of the source of mold and you've been maybe going through some other you know, steps and protocols that working on the sinuses, there's uh, some just really good information about strongaloides and, and loving the, the mucosal membranes. Uh, so one of the, the very first things that I always uh, will recommend from a foundational standpoint of parasites is mimosa pudica seed. Uh, so we, we uh, use all kinds of different products uh, with our clients, but mimosa pudica seed uh, comes from India. Sold, uh, it's sold by a company called Cellcor. Uh, they you know, literally have all of the stock of the seed, which makes it unique. And it was a game changer for me because for many years, I didn't understand the histamine issues. I'd started having allergies that I'd never had in my life. Um, this is before I discovered the, the mold issues. And it took me quite a few years um, to really understand the, uh, the role that parasites were having for me, a lot of gut issues along with that. But the, the histamine, the allergies, um, even you know, my eosinophil count on my blood work was super high. And I was seeing the best GI doctor here in town. And you know, they, of course, go down the conventional medicine route of, you know, here's your steroid and here's your antacid medication, omeprazole, which made me worse because my stomach integrity has, you know, I had leaky gut. I was zinc deficient. Alkaline phosphatase was super low. So I had no you know, good barrier. And so anything was coming in, it was stimulating that immune response. And I developed uh, an esophageal issue called eosinophilic esophagitis, which is running rampant in the population. Well, one of the connections that I made was hookworm. So there's some, you know, there's some formulas out there that you can, you know, use for hookworm. Some tari is an herb. Um, you can find it in some different formulas that are out there. Uh, that was super effective, along with pairing that with the mimosa pudica seed, which is antiparasitic. But what I like about it is it's also a sticky binder. So when it gets down into the GI tract and, and you've got the water, it, it turns almost like a, a gel. And so it's going to grab the viruses, the bacteria, it's going to disrupt the parasites, but it's also going to help lay down that protective barrier so that all your other efforts for healing the gut and the tight junctions that are inflamed and where things get down in and cause that immune response, it's now protecting that while you're you know, continuously working on getting the, the parasites out. That's awesome. So I know that you said that your wife um, <clears throat> had a liver fluke, right? Yeah. And so for people who don't know, a liver fluke is a parasitic worm. It is and correct me if I'm wrong, the infections in humans usually occur after they're eating raw or undercooked freshwater fish, right? And yeah. so after liver flukes have been ingested, they kind of travel from your intestines to your bile ducts. And do they, they kind of go into your liver and they grow and live in your liver, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, even, even up into the lungs too. So not just liver, but liver is, it's kind of the, the first settling point for sure. And we got lucky because we had done some testing from a friend of mine who's amazing with parasites. And he kind of pointed me down that path. I'm like, this makes sense because every time that we're trying to do liver support, she's just not tolerating it, which we typically don't see that. Then we discovered it. And when I told her, Hey, I think I don't do well with any kind of my, my body actually, if I take any kind of liver, um, detox, literally I will get a rash all over my body. So do you think that could be a sign that, um, bile duct issues? (laughs) Yeah, potentially. I mean, and there obviously it's, you know, I, at the end of the day, if you know the specifics, Hey, that's awesome. But the approach that we take with parasites is we're going to use multiple formulas so that we're hitting all the big ones anyways. So even if you don't know, cause the testing isn't real great. Sometimes we can get lucky with seeing, you know, in, um, information on a test about that, you know, somebody has a specific parasite. Most often not. We got really lucky with my wife because she could actually identify it in her stool. Um, and so a liver fluke literally looked like a little rolled up uh, tomato peel, very thin. Um, and I've actually had another client to where she was, you know, you talk about the rash um, when you're working on liver, which is very common because the skin it's the largest detox organ. Anything that I see with rashes, I think liver and gut for sure. But she was pulling, you know, these things out and I have pictures of it, like pulling them out of her skin. Um, so parasites do crazy things and they can be everywhere, not just in the, you know, not just intestinal, um, but definitely, you know, liver, the lungs, even up in the brain, the sinuses. Uh, so depending on the, the individual's, you know, presentation of that is, you know, there's some, you know, different techniques that you can use, but the foundation of it all, definitely the mimosa pudica seed. And then if you have identified something, there would be specific, you know, anti-parasitic formulas or ingredients that you could match together with that. So let's talk about your top kind of five remedies that you do. So you talked about the mimosa pudica seeds that how long are you doing that for? You know, when we, uh, it's been about three and a half years or so starting to use that and really putting parasites on the map. Uh, we used to say, you know, make sure that you're going through three to six months. But if you're dealing with, you know, with other, you know, more complex health challenges like mold illness, Lyme, co-infections, viral issues, things like that, and maybe have struggled for, you know, a good handful of years, what we found is, you know, it's, it's on the longer end. I mean, I've got clients that have, you know, done consistently uh, parasite support for a year and then their strategies with rotation of product and also even just taking a break. Uh, but it, it's all kind of based on a lot of their lifespan, uh, making sure we're dealing with the adult, the juvenile and the, the larvae stages. But you know, many of them are trapped and they're hiding out and uh, it takes some time. And that's where, you know, making sure that we're working on the heavy metal load is going to be huge because parasites are acting like a sponge. Um, So those that have said, you know, maybe have dealt with parasites and and gone through some um, programs to deal with that with maybe a little lackluster results, look outside the box. Have we dealt with the heavy metals? Because a lot of times they 
it's back and forth. They, I think they both act like a lock and a key and you've got to deal with both of them. And some is going to, some people are going to have more heavy metal burden than others. Some are going to have more of the parasite burden. Um, and so you work with that. So at least three months. Um, but what I typically see with our clients is they're going much longer than that. And consistency is, is absolutely the key. Um, today's the full moon. So this is a great week that our clients that uh, have maybe been working on this for quite some time, this is the week where they bring these formulas back in and, and they do what we call the parasite blast. They're really hitting them hard um, because they're a lot more active right now. And uh, that's a strategy that we use to help clear them out as they keep going to eventually. And to talk about that yeah. for, for just a second, I want to ask you yeah. two more questions. Yeah. One is, and I've heard this, why is it that parasites are more active in the full moon. And I want you to talk about um, some medicine, like there are prescription medicines mm -hmm. like mabendazole, yeah. albendazole, some other things like that. Yeah. What is your, and they are extraordinarily expensive. One of my friends told me that they had gotten a prescription for parasites. And I think they said it was like a thousand, they didn't have insurance. Yeah. They, like three pills was like a thousand dollars. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. 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 So my understanding around the full moon, I mean, we're energetic beings. So we're dealing with a lot of energetic shifts. Um, we get the full moon cycle. I mean, everything's this dynamic evolving universe that we live in. And so that's really my only understanding is that we are, you know, the gravitational pull, the energetics, they just get more active. They're going through their lifespan too, just like we go through ours. Um, so that's my understanding there. And, and it's kind of held true. And, and some people will notice that they feel symptoms ramp up as early as a week before the full moon. Some people are kind of during this phase and then some people are on the back end of it. It takes some time to identify that, but after doing this for a good handful of years, you know, we can kind of describe the experiences that we've seen. Now, one of the things you mentioned medications, most of our clients, we actually don't even have to go there. So we, it's kind of been a game changer that, well, you don't have to go to the medications, which can have side effects for sure. But if we need to, which we, you know, my wife and I had done parasite work for quite some time, me the longest, and we decided to add in uh, a formula called Proziquantel, which is specific for flukes. But you've got uh, the ones you listed. Ivermectin is a, is a big one. Um, so those are some that, you know, we, I, I'm able to work with a medical doctor that can, you know, work with clients that if we want to add that in, but I would never typically have a client start with the medication because we have so many other tools that aren't going to have that, you know, drug side effect. Per and se. what are some of the side effects with those drugs? I mean, yeah. Whether it's, you know, you're going to have a lot of uh, GI irritation, whether it's extreme constipation or extreme diarrhea. Um, I know one of the side effects for the Proziquantel that he mentioned and talked to us about was dizziness. Uh, the other thing is, is depending on and not to have anybody get scared or freaked out. But if somebody is dealing with parasites that are affecting their brain, it has been reported that people could have seizures. So those are just some of the things to, to keep in mind. Um, definitely, you know, like yourself, you could express uh, the clearing out of these infections through your skin, rashes. Uh, so those are some good clues that uh, there, there are underlying issues that, uh, 
you know, I, I look at them as welcome effects, um, but sometimes they are definitely uncomfortable and we have to you know, monitor some of the, what's going on. Mm, love it. Well, any other thoughts before we end of things that you would say, you know, these are the things that are super, super important yeah. for people to do. You know, I, I, you know, I work with clients that have been everywhere um, to the Lyme mold, um, Lyme and mold doctors and They've done a lot of really great things. And one of the things that I absolutely preach and would preach to anybody is the order matters. You know, it's a pecking order. It's a, uh, it's a journey. It's a roadmap. And if we do some things out of order, like if somebody was just to jump in right now and start killing off parasites, but yet, um, like in your case, you know, maybe there is some liver congestion going on. The bile duct is clogged. Well, we can't get that stuff out as they're dying off. And then they're going to get a lot more reactions, a lot of unwelcome symptoms with that, just because it was done out of order, even though they did the right steps for dealing with parasites. So drainage support, making sure that uh, we're, you know, especially right now, we're, we're all under, um, you know, a little bit more stress that is unprecedented. We're, we're not used to living this way. And so being adaptive, controlling our stress, um, being at peace with things while we walk through the journey, I think is a, a good mindset to start with drainage support binding. And then you start to open things up. And then, you know, as you can keep going deeper and deeper, you can use, you know, more of the formulas, go after them stronger. But the number one thing I would say is, is you have to be persistent because many times that clients are like, Hey, I've, I've done a parasite cleanse before. Well, they've done maybe some good work, but if they're still struggling with, you know, some of the other things that they present with, I know that parasites still need to be worked on and worked on maybe a little different than they've done in the past. Mm, love it. Well, this has been great. Tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Yeah, absolutely. So thrivehealthcenters.com is our main website. Um, you can reach out, you can uh, join our, our newsletter list. We have a contact button. If you're you know interested or just have questions about you know, how to put all this together. There is a button there that you can uh, submit in just your information. And then we can reach out to you to find out how we can help you more uh, in this complex journey of, of parasites and autoimmune thyroid issues, you name it. Uh, and so you can also follow us on Facebook uh, at Thrive Health also. Hmm. I thought of one more question I wanted to ask you. Yeah. So some, I have heard people say that um, bentonite clay um, that that is it's basically the consumption of small amounts of clay and that that's good for removing parasites. Have you ever tried that or used it? And what's your yeah. thoughts on that? 
Yeah, well, because mold was my, you know, really big topic at first, binding was what saved my life and understanding the role of the liver, the bile duct, and how to make sure that we're not recirculating these toxins. So it started really with that for me. So I'll, I'll use some different products that would uh, have bednite clay. I, I like to use them for those that are maybe dealing uh, with a lot more of the GI symptoms, um, specifically to the gut. So a lot of the you know, activated charcoals, bednite clays, things like that, that's gonna be really good for the gut. We also use a product uh, that is a bioactive carbon that is an active carbon that works systemically called biotoxin binder. So I may use those in conjunction with each other, just depending on if they need more gut so, um, you know, protection from binding, or if they can just use the biotoxin binder to clean up the ammonia and uh, you know, any of the other toxins that the, the liver is flushing out through the bile. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us and you guys stay tuned. We have another episode coming up in just a few. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. 